know that women control about five, maybe I think it's six trillion now, dollars in consumer spending in the US. And they make 83 to 85% of all consumer decisions. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. Before we go in here and dive in, share this episode out with three people today. I ask this all the time because we don't promote, we don't advertise, we don't take sponsors. The only way we grow is with your help. So please join the army, fight for us in helping moving people from point A to point B in their lives and leveling them up. Today is a special day because talking with my guest a little bit ago she's a former circus performer which is awesome acro gymnast tightrope walker and juggler but even better fast forward to the presence after spending a decade of being pregnant she's co-founder and president of certify my company and we're going to go into some diversity talk today too around that which is really exciting heather cox welcome Thank you so much. You should note, though, I didn't do it after I was pregnant. I did it while I was pregnant, while, pregnant. while I was popping out those What's babies. Up, power woman? Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's a wait. The, the circus while you were pregnant? No, no. The circus was like back when I was young and limber, between like six and eighteen. <laughs> then you know we did the college, the studying abroad, got married, got pregnant, and that's when you start building your. That's when you start building the business when you're starting a family at the same time, right? Makes oh, it's perfect, perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did. That's what everybody <laughs> does, right? Twins are born. Sure, let's uproot my entire life and financial no, do you have stability. Twins? I do. Yeah, they're fourteen I have now. Twins. Nice fraternal or more. identical identical oh nice i yeah. love learning about that too because mine are fraternal they're, they're boy and girl but then when you know these whole myths you that exist around Twins, hey they yeah. skip a generation and all that other stupid stuff because it's stupid stuff and i, I found out because the the doc that delivered them delivered like 200 sets of multiples before he got to mine so I impressive impressive doc yeah totally and he uh he was explaining you know identical twins are really like he would call it an act of god it's he, totally a fluke right for sure. I know, which is really cool. I mean, it's like they're they're like literal two blessings there, and then mm -hmm. it's, then it's the fraternal ones are a it, it's not a syndrome, but that's technically what it's called, I think. But it's called yeah. hyperovulation. Yes, we pop what? out more more eggs than normal, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and, and that's what happened with my twins. And you know, then of course it's a lot easier for the dude because he's shooting up like ten million sperm. I mean, you only need two <laughs> to have that happen. Yeah, but yeah, my husband was really proud of himself. I'm he like, was really proud. <laughs> <laughs> he was really proud. It's like, I'm sorry, the twins have nothing to do with you. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a letdown to the male ego. But anyways, <laughs> but yes, that's awesome. So how old are your twins? They're four. Really cool. So we are in the thick of it right now. Yeah, they're oh. all boy, all boy. Interesting. So you have five <laughs> yep. kids. They're all boys. Are those your no, 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 no. My oldest, my first and my third are girls. Okay. And then number two, and then my one more, which end up being twins. We're yeah. twin boys. Oh, interesting. You know, everyone always asks me the question too around twins. It's like, how'd you do it with twins? I'm like, you know what? Here's the real real. They were my first and yeah. I, you just do, you know, just because do you don't know any better. And then I say, what I cannot imagine is somebody who has had kids already, singles, and then multiples just decide to show up. You know, they did. <laughs> yeah. How did that go for you? Because you're used to like one at a time and then it's like, well, hey, there's two. 
So, you know, I think it actually, I always say it's must have been easier for me because I had experience with other babies and I kind of, I also am not super panicked mom. By the time you have four, you're like, nah, they all lived. We're good. So <laughs> I kind of, I didn't stress like nursing didn't work with them. So we didn't like, you know, I was yeah. just like, I kind of just rolled with the punches and um, I went with it. I do remember I, I actually was sending emails from the hospital and one of my corporate clients had emailed me and I was like, um, Hey, can I email you back on Monday? I just had twins this morning. And she's like, what, why, why are you emailing me? Like, well, I'm just laying here. Like, I, I can't do anything <laughs> I else right now. Do, you know? <laughs> the hard part's done at this point. Yeah, they're out, right? <laughs> yeah. I might need a day or two to recover, but you know what? I'll be back in Friday. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Good gravy. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. So twins were your, your final, your last became two, which is really awesome. And, and you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing like that experience too. And we're supposed to talk about other, you know, really business important stuff, things. You know? Like I know business like <laughs> diversity and all this fun stuff. We could segue into that too. One of my favorite diversity, and I'm sure this is like nothing exactly at all what you do. Do you, do you watch The Office? I've watched The Office, the American one, yes. Okay. You love so, The Office. You talk about it a lot. That's really funny. <laughs> I know. I've watched it for a long time. I haven't watched it in a long time though, but I remember there was Diversity Day for, in one of the very, very, very yeah. early episodes and it was just like anti-everything that yeah, you would funny. hear corporate teach. It, is, it was hilarious, some of these things. I can't remember some of the lines. Right, It's been a long time since I watched it. But my kids, because they're twins and they're 14 now, it has been reinvigorated in my life because they, are getting into the office now and shows like oh, friends cute. and parks and recreation it's, because they're big now they're back in like target has t-shirts about it yeah. again and like it's yep. big again yeah, the HBO special, I know. And then everything is just coming full circle. But that's because of last year. I mean, what did people do when they got exactly. locked up? They had babies, got, either you had babies, got divorced, but either of those groups watched a lot of Netflix. You know, it's true, it's true. Or Disney Plus. I did neither of the two, by the way. I did neither of the two. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But the Netflix, maybe, I don't know. The Netflix, maybe, right, yeah. a little bit. But, you know, we were actually so busy last year. The, I will say the one little sparkly, shiny, sequiny thing that came out in 2020 was that people realize the amazing benefit and power of diversity in business. That's awesome. like the one thing as much as 2020 stunk and like, we're still like, I mean, I have a bunch of conferences next month in November yeah. that I'm like itching for. I'm like packing already. My husband's like, usually pack like the day before. I'm like, I'm packing that. I'm like so excited to be back out <laughs> there traveling. Out there, yeah. <laughs> to be I, with people again that don't live with me all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No kidding. So you haven't traveled at all in the past year and a half then for any of this? Only for like, I have a friend in Northern California. I went to visit her like a couple, my mom's in LA. So like we yeah. did that, but no business travel. It's all, cause all, most of our conferences have a lot of the fortune 1000 that attend for business and sales, whatever. And yeah. um, they're on travel restriction. Oh, for so, sure they couldn't go. So all the entrepreneurs are like, we'll go. Oh we'll, yeah. We'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I was 150 nights at a hotel last year. Yeah. You know, I was I'm the, saying, we, yeah. Yep, We're exactly. like, we well, can't keep us down. Yeah. But, you got that yeah. right. I feel you there. When you said you visited your mom in Northern California, I'm like, Oh, Southern, Southern no, California. My mom's in Southern. She's in LA. Yeah. LA. Okay, cool. That, that, oh, wow. That was like one of the worst for the lockdowns oh. and everything too. Goodness. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, we couldn't see her for a while. She's almost 80. She's going to kill me. Yeah. But she, <laughs> but we couldn't see her for a while. And so the second we could, we're like, got vaccinated. She got back. Like, we all were able to get together. Problem is I live with five Petri dishes. So, you know, if the second anything happens, like, or I was like, is it COVID? Is it allergies? Is it a cold? Like, right. You like freak out. And yeah. so that was a little hard, but no, everything's 
we're fairly back to normal. That's intriguing now. too. And I, d- maybe we can unpack this too and have like real talk around this too, because I'm sure, d- you know, diversity topics can come up when it came to the pandemic and vaccines. And, oh yeah. yeah it, it's, it's probably pretty interesting. The perspective you can bring to that, you know, and, and coming from the, the camp of both groups, I think I feel now because I, I tend to look for truth in a lot of things, you know, really everything, you know, I, I'm, I'm That's not good. so, yeah, I'm, I'm not so caring about people's opinions. It's like, let me do my research and actually find out what's going on here. So, you know, I am, this is the first time I've talked about this on the show, but it's perfect for this, for this topic too, right? I am vaccinated. And also when you're talking about having 150 (laughs) nights in the hotel last year, you know, I thought last year at some point I had caught COVID as well. And because there was two days that I felt like I had a perpetual asthma attack, you know, which kind of came out of nowhere. And I had asthma when I was a kid. I remember them like, Oh, this hasn't been in like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. This is different. And then uh, it was gone after like three days. Then I was vaccinated in March this year because I do international travel. You know, Mm -hmm. I have some business in Canada specifically. And then at a live event that I went to with 3,500 people in Florida, just about a a month ago, right? And I am vaccinated. I brought home a lovely souvenir of COVID. Yeah, oh no, a, but you didn't get that sick, right? Like you didn't die, which oh, is no, like no, the big I didn't perk. At all. No, what, what I have <laughs> felt from this, and this is when I want to dive into like the diversity talk and how this plays into the vaccines and all that too, mm-hmm. because there, there's at risk groups, you know, but there's even racial at risk groups that are trying to pop yeah, up. Sure. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's uh, but when I came back, no, I was really, really down for maybe like two to three days ish. I had a fever for 12 hours, you know, but then after that, you know, the, the lingering feelings probably lasted about a week or so after that. So probably total about 10 days, but the days where I couldn't really move and it felt like just a flu, you know, I'm not even saying right. a bad flu. It just felt like right. flu to where I needed to sleep, you know, right. and I'm thinking, well, the vaccine for me didn't really do anything, you know, and they say it lessens it and all this other stuff. So saying, like, just it, it just makes it, they don't die. That's the whole point. You don't <laughs> die. But to me, like massive perk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody to get poked, you know, <laughs> but it, oh, it's, I do all day long. it's everyone's personal decision. I've, I, like I said, I did and I have no issues right. talking about it. I had my reasons to do it. You know, I also believe in full and natural immunity on some things too, but here, here's where I look at this from too. And I'm sure this, di- this gets into, cause now we've seen United airlines fire a bunch of people. Over, right. over this, right? And but now, what diversity issues are they going to face? Because I'm sure not all of these people. And this is an interesting conversation. So let's just have real talk, right? Okay. I'm sure not all the people that they fired were white. <laughs> Maybe not. You know, actually, I don't know, but I will tell you the diversity you're talking about is the DEI, right? The diversity, oh, yeah. equity, and I'm inclusion. That's yep. inside your company. That's your employees, yep. which is an enormous part. Like everybody understands why you have to have diversity in your workforce. Everybody understands why you have to have diversity in your clientele and your customer base. But what we do, what I work on is the supply chain, which is totally a different part of the diversity world. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and people really forget about that part of it. But I agree. I'm sure there's going to be all the whole, once this whole thing wraps up, we are going to see so much interest. I'm sure all the attorneys are like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like waiting to see what's going down. Yep. But this is this is why I'm comparing this because I understand what you do with diversity with the supply yeah. chain and the comparison too. Because what's it going to look like coming up now? This is why I'm prefacing it with all the other stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it? What's it going to have? What's going to happen now? Because because the the vaccines will we start to see you know in diversity in the supply chain from what mm. you can see? Have you started to see some trends here to where they'll say, hey, we're only going to do business and put other companies in our supply chain that are vaccinated 
that have a vaccine mandate. That's interesting. We haven't seen that yet. I do know that some of the conferences coming up are you have to be vaccinated to go to the conferences, which kind of in essence says I only want to network and market and, and have these sales meetings with people who are vaccinated. Um, but they haven't put it in like an RFP at this point. I mean, like any of the requests for proposals that have come out haven't been like, first question, are you vaccinated? If no, stop filling out the form. <laughs> so <we haven't- laughs> That's what I was curious about because this is your field of expertise and coming yeah. out of the event a month ago, you know, and then understanding the supply chain issues that we've had over the past year and a half too. And that is why I'm sure your business boomed last year. See, oh, this is so full busy. circle with the pandemic. Yes, so busy. Is, yeah, right on. I mean, even all the way, you know, upwards to big tech like Apple, you know, they got screwed from what I saw because of- Supply chain. Exactly. You know, for the, the right. new iPhone was uh, was almost delayed. The new MacBook that's coming out is delayed because of screen shortages, you know. But then, of course, we have the, the microchip oh, shortage that, that with microchip. vehicles. microchip, as I know, oh right? Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what's this microchip? You know, isn't there I know. like... We've never thought about it. I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. But thanks for allowing me my rant there. And because it, <laughs> it, it, it all ties together because that's what I'm seeing. But then I start to think, you know, because the pandemic and, and the issues that people have had in their supply chains, but now companies are having vaccine mandates. You know, we've got something coming from OSHA, you know, that, that's coming down too from because of the president's executive order. And right. how is this going to affect supply chain diversity at this point? You know, from what you see, you're saying there's not something on the app on the RFP at this point. Right. Well, I will tell you what it has done. So we all saw the toilet paper crisis of 2020 and we've all seen like, you know, (laughs) the chip crisis that we're going through now, right? What did they, what do they all have in common? It's supply chain issues. So for years, all these procurement teams, their goal was to have as few suppliers as they possibly could. They were always like, shrinking the supply chain, right? We're shrinking, shrinking. They wanted just a few suppliers. And that was not great for the supplier diversity world because a good chunk of the diverse suppliers out there are in the small business category, meaning under $30 million in revenue. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them. And so if you need a supplier that can handle nationwide, that really does shrink the population of diverse suppliers that can handle that, those opportunities. However, now that we've gone through these, these toilet paper crises and these other crises that we're going through, they are now realizing that was not a smart business move. (laughs) They're now realizing we need to have more suppliers available and maybe more on a regional basis, because if they can't get it from California to Florida, they can probably get it from California to Nevada. So if we have, so, and the diverse suppliers can, the smaller businesses like 30 and million and under can handle that type of business opportunity. So it has been a really great opportunity. On top of that, there was all the, you know, racial unrest of the last 20 20 months that we went through, which also really made a lot of these big companies say, oh, we got to step it up. Like if, you know, we have to really, I mean, there's, there's tons of business metrics and statistics that show that working with diverse suppliers makes the company more money, which bottom line is that's why companies do it. Oh yeah. They no don't, doubt. They're not hearts of gold. Okay. Let's be real. Yep, they do it because it makes them money. It's not to support. And this is, you're picking up where I'm going too, because it's not to yeah. support a vaccine mandate or go against a vaccine mandate for, it's not to support racial diversification when you're putting there. It's, it's <laughs> to make sure that your profit can stay intact. You know, hundred percent. That's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there are, there are side benefits, right? Like economic impact of it is huge and it makes a lot of good sense. So they can use that for their PR and all the good parts, the feel good, the, yeah. we all like to feel, but the bottom line is it's about the bottom line. 
Always, always about always. the bottom line. I, right. I, I love how your business has taken off because mine did too last year. I mean, tremendously with our IPO coming up now in cybersecurity. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, a huge, that's another huge thing right now. You know, I was just signing a form right before I jumped on the show with you. Literally right before this, it's like, okay, this has to be notarized to go to the SEC now. You know, so there's like just things, thing after thing after thing. Mm-hmm. But this all came out of last year year you know and exactly. even with what we're looking at you know i try to diversify exactly where we came from and this happened at the beginning of the year for us because we're we're a little different in that we will put uh, a, a cycle a rhythm around mm-hmm. an entire office hardware refresh with, with my service provider company right. because it'll be every three years and it's made to keep their technology predictable and reliable you know and i saw this th- this same type of scenario come up years ago with uh, there was a flood in a hard drive factory in Taiwan. This was like 2014. (laughs) And, you know, having gone through that before, this affected because every single computer has hard drives that goes into it. All networking equipment has some sort of storage. Water and hard drives. Oh, no. Yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. And I was thinking in 20, I'm like, why do all the hard drives in the world come from this one place in Taiwan? Because it's probably the same place the chips come from. There's only one of them in the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Exactly. (laughs) But then going into things last year, it was like March and April. I'm like, okay, here's what we need to do because all these are on rental programs for three years. I'm like, take everybody that's up for renewal in the next 18 months and we need to bring them all forward right now. We are going to buy them out of their remaining part of the contract because this is what's right for our clients because I bet you, and this was March, right when things hit last year, I'm like, because of what I had seen before with the freaking Taiwanese flood in the hard drive factory and understanding supply chain, at least in a minute bit, I'm like, there's going to be an issue three months from now. Oh, totally. And we're not going to, and Smart. that's exactly what happened. You know, that was good. Not, not everybody thought like that. So that was very oh, good for yeah. thinking for you. One of the ways I was able to quadruple my revenue last year was literally doing the right thing for my client base. Right. You know, and then also just accelerating that revenue forward as well. And then being like, cool, well, now we can do new things. We have money to invest in like going public and stuff. So this is. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And money to invest is always cool. It is, exactly. <laughs> but I, I've seen these in my industry and obviously a lot of industries that come across the board. So where do people go wrong in this? I know you talked about, you know, trying to shrink the supply chain in order to increase profits. That's what they thought. They realized it was a bad idea now. Yeah. You know, what could, what should people do going forward? Well, people meaning entrepreneurs exactly. or people meaning the procurement teams of large corporations, like which people? It's probably both because I'm sure that yeah. they, yeah, and that's, you're right because they're definitely two different areas, but you know, the, the entrepreneurs, you know, the event that I was at a little bit ago had to do with online in e-commerce, right? Okay. And there's a lot of things that you can do. You can go out there and you can spin up a site real quick and you can sell yeah. widgets or whatever else. It's awesome. And there's people that are making millions of dollars doing that. But I thought about them, like, how'd these people fare last year, you know, when, you know, they couldn't, they get, couldn't their, get that. Yeah. They yeah, couldn't get their Alibaba stuff. Or whatever, AliExpress yeah. or whatever, you know, that, that, that was my thought, you know, but then coming <laughs> to large companies and even with my acquisitions, I'm looking at, I'm asking I'm like, how'd you guys fare last year with supply chain? They're like, you know what? We had to go to Amazon for a lot of things because the major distributors, the fortune 100 and fortune 50 distributors that I work with too, have just been out of everything. Yeah. Yeah, so which it's one? their supply chain too. So exactly. we can start, start with the entrepreneurs, right? Because we love entrepreneurs. They're all a little bit nutso, which is why we love them so much. <laughs> yes. And that's, my, that's like who we work with all day long are the entrepreneurs. And so 
you know, one thing that they can do is, first of all, if you're eligible, if you are, I'm just going to give you the quick, the quick little 101 of supplier diversity. Right. Okay. So the 101 is if your company is owned, operated, and controlled by a woman or women, an ethnic minority, members of the LGBT community, veterans, or uh, someone with a disability or people with disability, then get certified. What does that do? Why is that important? Because if we're going to make all these proclamations and all these announcements and statistics and metrics about how important diversity is, you better measure it because you can't measure without counting, right? You can't measure it, you can't count. So we have to have the certification to prove who these people are. So if you're eligible, it's one of those categories, get certified first and foremost, okay? That's what Certified My Company does all day long because we understand that, you know, in business, sadly, people will sometimes tell you whatever they want to tell you, whatever you want to hear. So this way, it's a third party saying, okay, we vetted them. Yes, there's the stories. We all heard them. We hate them. People who lie and get away with it. It happens. Okay, fine. But for the most part, as third parties have vetted your company and said, yes, this person is who they say they are. This company is who they say they are. They truly are owned, operated, and controlled by someone or people of a diverse demographic. And then you can, then once you have that status, then you start marketing the hell out of it. And on top of it, you make sure you are also supporting other diverse businesses. Nice. It's not just enough to be like, I'm a diverse business, buy for me. Your yeah. wine can be diverse. Your whiskey can be diverse. Your office paper can be diverse. Your legal services can be diverse. There is nothing that you buy that you cannot buy from a diverse supplier. I love that. And I like wine and whiskey too. Ah, the best <laughs> one, the best whiskey out there is in Boston. It's called Boston Harbor Distillery. What? It's amazing. Women-owned whiskey. It's created by the founder, one of the founders of Sam Adams. It is delicious. Rhonda is a whiskey genius. <laughs> <laughs> do you know Rhonda personally? I do. She's a friend of mine. It's oh awesome. my goodness. Well, you're you should have her on. Let's, She's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go out and see her. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Boston. I'd die to have a reason to go to Boston for sure. <laughs> Before it's cold. I live in Nevada. I don't do cold. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I live in Chicago and I try not to be here oh. during these months. Yeah. Oh, for real, yeah. Yeah, summer's cool. I love summer, love spring, but I mean, around this time of year too, it starts to yeah, maybe I need to go somewhere else. Yeah, and when I fly, I strategically stay away from like the northern part of the, like, when it gets to the winter you. time of things. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. offense yeah. taken. I'm, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> so then on the, the corporate side, you know, we just said there's plenty of statistics that say why it's so important to work with diverse suppliers, why it's good for your shareholders, your bottom line. Like if you, if you show these numbers to your CEO, she or he is not going to be like, Oh, well, we, we don't want to make more money. Like our yeah. board, our, our shareholders don't want to make more money. Of course they're going to want to do it. So you just have to make sure that you have the C-suite down saying, yes, it's important to us. Yes, you should do it and have a full-time position that supports and finds these qualified, capable, diverse suppliers. Now, I know what you're thinking because this is what comes up all the time. I hate to break it to you, but you are a white male and you're married to a woman, so I'm gonna assume you're not part of the LGBT community. I didn't see that you were a veteran anywhere. You might have a disability because one in five U.S. adults do. I don't know. We can really? get into that offline if you Should want. I yes, examine that? hundred <laughs> percent. We can have that conversation. It's my favorite conversation. Yeah. I have so many because you know what it is. It's the most underknown demographic because it's not just can you not see, hear, or walk. It's everything from you know Crohn's disease to HIV to thyroid conditions to sleep apnea to arthritis. Anything that requires an outside force to manage. If you have sleep apnea and you don't sleep with your CPAP machine, you are useless the next day wow. useless right that makes a disability if you can't run your business without managing your issue it's a di adhd 
you know, anxiety, all these things are. So my company is actually certified as both a woman owned and disability owned business. And oh. so we leverage the hell out of both of those certifications. And so, um, I mean, I had this one guy and he said, um, he's like, I don't tell many people, but I am a recovering alcoholic. And I'm like, okay, well you can totally get certified. That is a disability. He said, are you telling me my alcoholism is going to do something good for me? I'm like, I sure am. Oh my God. This, this other guy was like, uh, well, I'm HIV positive. I'm like, that's great. He's like, is it Heather? That's what? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What in the world? <laughs> I, I think I have a mental issue. You know, I mean, th this is what happens. But well, you, I, one in five U.S. adults have a disability according to the ADA. Holy but, mother. Right. I digress. I digress. Anyways. So, yeah. So you work with these companies, be involved in the diversity organizations and make sure you start counting and measuring and share your wins because it's, you know, especially now, right? Like I think, I mean, the easiest um, example is retail. We all get retail. Like we're all shoppers, right? I guarantee you're a shopper too. I could tell it's by looking at you. Right. You know it. Yep. <laughs> so I'm saying like the easiest example is retail. So about six years ago, Walmart did a study, you know, the little company Walmart, that's like the everywhere. little guys. Yeah. Yeah. So they know that women control about five, maybe I think it's six trillion now dollars in consumer spending in the U S and they make 83 to 85% of all consumer decisions. Wow. So Walmart like is a men. for profit. Right. <laughs> yep. I mean, think it's true, right? It's we all true. know who makes yeah, decisions sure. on the retail on consumer purchases. Um, and so they wanted to know how they get more of that money in their pocket. So they asked, they asked their customers, like, and then they, one of the questions was to their female customers. If you went in to buy shampoo and I'm paraphrasing. So if you Google it and you don't see these exact words, I'm paraphrasing. And they said, if you went in to buy shampoo and one was easily identifiable as women owned and one wasn't, would you be more likely to purchase the one that was easily identifiable as women owned? So you tell me what percentage of female consumers said they'd be more likely to buy a product if they could easily identify it as women. Now, interesting. I'm sure it's high, you know, but I would also wonder what the ones that said no, <laughs> what, what, what the reasoning behind that would be. So what's mm -hmm. the stat? 90%. Yeah, it's high, I'm sure. So uh, I like to think of the inverse side. Why would the one out of 10 not want to do that? So, you know, I'll tell you something interesting. When I first heard that question, I was like, I wouldn't do that. I'm smart. I'm sophisticated. I don't go with the flow. Right. Yep. I was, and then I was sitting in the audience um, at a conference and this, and this woman named Allison who runs CLR, you know, the cleaning yeah, the CLR yeah. cleaning to women owned. And she took it over from her um, uncle and her father. It was kind of failing. And she took it over, turned it around, changed up some of the, the concoctions, the recipes, whatever you want to call them. And she remarketed it, changed the packaging a little bit. Nice. And um, she was saying, she was talking about this and she said, um, our new tagline colloquially is we get rid of yuck. And at the time I only had three children. So I was thinking, well, I have a lot of yuck in my house. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, and then I caught myself thinking, and I bet I could use it because she has three kids. She uses it. She's not going to tell me to use a product. Another mom's not going to tell me to use a product that's not safe around her kids. So I probably, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's exactly <laughs> it is. what it is, right? So my 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 gut kind of tells me that that three percent or that ten percent that says no, it's like that one dentist who doesn't say to Trident or whatever, is that they we're kind of going with that same thought that I originally had, right? Like, yeah. I'm smart. I'm sophisticated. I'm savvy. I wouldn't do that. I and don't then I'm go like, with the crowd. What? Right. Yeah. Wait, I do actually. Yeah. But just in case you think that that was a fluke. So pre-pandemic, 
70% of all wine purchases in the U.S. are made by women. Now I think it's like 83%, actually, 84%, yeah. something like that. <laughs> the pandemic did a number on How much. does that compare to whiskey, though? There's the question. <laughs> well, there's actually a whole women in whiskey. We, 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 you know, I'm telling you, I've got to come back. We're going to talk booze, women own booze for an entire hour. Okay. For that. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you fly here in person and we can do some taste testing? Oh, ah, we totally should. Please. That would be that so would fun. Be amazing. Yes. But uh, not in the winter. I'm not coming to Chicago. No, 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 you no. come to Las Vegas. That's a better plan, okay, actually. I'll be there in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Okay, seriously, perfect. Right, seriously, will be there too. Okay. <laughs> so um, they asked the so Wine Intelligence magazine asked the wine, the female wine buyers, would you be more likely to buy it? And sure enough, ninety percent said yes. So it's just that first of all, women trust women. Yeah. Right. Even though we might be like, oh, I don't like that skirt on her. We trust women. We trust their opinion. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. That just like, <laughs> to, like stop me in my tracks there. You know, <laughs> it's my style. That's how I roll. Don't like a skirt, but you know what? I'm going to buy all of her shit. But okay. She has a really good style. Yes. <laughs> Where does she shop? I'm going. There. Oh my right. gosh. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. So we trust me, but so I'm telling you, like yeah. it makes perfect sense. And when you buy from these diverse, we've all seen the meme. When you buy from a woman-owned business, you buy, you don't buy a CEO a second house. You buy a little girl dance lessons. You buy a bunch of little girls dance lessons because. That's who we hire. Like the people that I hire probably wouldn't work for a traditional company because I have all kinds of lifestyle benefits. I can't pay the most. I just can't, right? I can't compete with these large companies, Yeah. yeah. but I have the most amazing lifestyle benefits. Yeah. So these are a lot of times people who just wouldn't work for a traditional company because it didn't work for them. Some of them are moms who are like, look, I need to be at this time for my kids. I'm like, great, cool. We work around it. I love right? that. So you're not just buying my kids dance lessons, you're buying their kids dance lessons. Yeah, right on, right on. I love that too, because as the owner yourself, you know, that's a weight that I don't feel that most, or really it's a responsibility that we choose to take on is that a lot of people that will work for us would never truly understand. Correct. Uh, because it's like when, when most will come to work, and this is the entrepreneur side too, and this comes back to diversity and supply chain. Imagine the responsibility that the entrepreneurs have to bear that weight on their shoulders in order to make sure that they still have products coming in in the midst of yeah. a pandemic so they can continue to sell those products so that their people get paid so that their people's families can be fed. And that is one of the reasons why diverse suppliers outperform these other companies time and time again. 99% of the time actually is the statistic out there by the Hackett Group because they have that sense of responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah. If Joe Schmo, who sells for XYZ large company messes up, they're like, mm, sorry, they're like, pass the buck, pass the buck. You better believe who gets the phone call if there's an issue in my company. It's me. Right on. I get the phone call. So I hold that weight on my shoulders. Our diverse businesses, our small businesses, they hold, wear the weight on their shoulder. And yeah. that's why they outperform over and over again, because they're like, oh, no, that's my reputation now on the yeah. line. Yeah. That's like a, that's like once a month, multiple times a month. It's like my back's up against the wall here. What am right. I going to do? How am I going to yeah. make sure that everybody that works for me gets paid so that their families can be fed? A hundred percent. Right. Awesome. Yeah, cool. That's it is. Cool. Circus performer. <laughs> what you do is cool and all, but let's go back to what you yeah. did before. <laughs> you like my interview style. I like yeah, it. I do like yes. it. <laughs> for, but, I, you know, I mean, I always go back to like, hey, my first job was McDonald's, right? My first actual That's W2 first job. job. Yeah. And I, there was so much that I learned and was able to take from that too. See, now I'm getting all sentimental. I mean, I'll go back and be like, hey, it was only a job. And I remember because I was getting paid when I started. I started when I was 15. I had to get a work permit so I could work under the age of 16. 
my salary, my wage was $4.25 an oh my hour. God. I know. I know. Because but it, look it was, what it did for you. I, I, I mean, know. I wish more of these kids these days would do that. I'm telling you. Yes. Me. Now, I mean, whatever, minimum wage, 15 bucks. But the, when you were <laughs> underage like that, they did not have to abide by minimum wage. No, and that's still the case. You know, if you want to get a job when you're 14 or 15, you get a work permit. They don't have to abide by minimum wage. There's a lower. Oh, like I actually a, didn't know that. There's like a lower minimum minimum wage. <laughs> that, right. That, my kids aren't quite there yet. My oldest is only 13, but we put her to work all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it was, uh, but the, the thing that I learned from them was about processes and systems, you know, and how you could go from one McDonald's and have a crappy burger and have the same exact crappy burger say, taste the same crappy way at another Down McDonald's. Yeah. It was consistent. You know, you knew right. what to expect when you got there because everything was the same. So, right. you know, and you could take that route, but still, I do want to hear about the circus. You know, what, what, was that, <laughs> what was that like? If you had some life lessons, awesome. Let's hear them. If not, and it was just a fun experience, let's hear that too. Oh, tons of life. Well, first of all, so when we moved to California, in Redlands, California, which is where I grew up, hey, Inland Empire, for anybody out there, it's Inland Empire. You got to stick together with your 909 people, you know. Um, my parents took us to the circus. I was like four or five, whatever. My sister was two years younger. And I was like, first of all, there was sequins and makeup everywhere. I was like, do you see those costumes? I, that's all I saw was the first was costumes and sequins and people flipping through the air. And I was like mesmerized. Right. So my dad, who's, who's a super square, super mathematical brain. I'm like, dad, I am going to do that circus. He's like, you're not going to be in the circus. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing the circus. So next year we signed me up for the circus and it was like an after school thing, right? It was really originally started by a gentleman named Roy Coble who was looking for a way to get wayward boys off the street and just teach them like tumbling and whatever to yeah. give them something to do after school. And, and cause the end of the empire was now it's like, I always call Redlands the Beverly Hills, of the 909, but it definitely, the whole area was definitely more economically uh, depressed than the rest of California was. Um, or a lot of California was. And so that's how it started. And then it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And then they had all these youth, it's, it was a youth circus. And so the kids participated and I did it all the way till I was 18 years old. Um, one summer I traveled around New England um, awesome. with a circus called Circus Mercus, which was also like, there were seven of us who were chosen to go to this like um, exchange program. Although nobody came to us, so I don't want to call it an exchange program. We didn't exchange anything. <laughs> so we we did it but i did unicycle tightrope but i'll tell you one of the things that i talk about all the time is that when i was little i did this thing called um swinging baseball swinging wise with different apparatus same skill you swing you stick your hand in a loop you did different tricks and you put your foot in the loop you lean back you do different tricks it was probably like six feet off the ground in my mind it was about 36 feet off the wow, ground yeah i was little and i don't like heights to this day i'm not a heights person so every practice i'd get up there and i would cry Every single practice, I would just cry. I was scared. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, I'm going to fall. They're like, you're not going to fall. I would cry. So then the tryouts came. And now this is back in the day, not to date myself, but this is back in the day when like, if you didn't do it, you actually got cut. Oh, like yeah. They actually were like, you can't do it. You're not, if you're not going to do it, you're out of here. You're not good. The participation trophy crowd. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so um, my mom was like, they called my mom. They're like, you know, we can't let her do this this act if she's not gonna do it so my mom was like are you gonna do it or are you gonna get cut <laughs> like well i get whatever so i did it i just i like sucked it up and did it and i kind of feel like that's how i do a lot of things now i just suck it up and yeah, get right it done on. sometimes you know what i mean like and also i was always the bottom of the pyramid i was always like you know very strong and so i was always the bottom of the pyramid my sister was the top which sometimes if we got in a fight wasn't always so great for her <laughs> but i but like if i didn't show up there was no pyramid I'm the bottom of a three high. 
Oh, if wow. there, if I don't yep. show up, there's only a too high. It's yep. way less impressive. So like my, like the importance of showing up for people, the importance of being part of something that's bigger than you was a, a huge life lesson that you can't get from like, you know, some of these other sports that are just you. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. You know, I was just looking at your Instagram handle too, Heather my Cox, my co. NBC. Is that accurate? No, that is a different header. I know. <laughs> you know like, so, no, our what? Instagram is, is certified my co. I will tell you really something certified really funny. I was like, co. gotcha, cool. I was looking at them like I don't, I don't know about that. But I was at, I was like, at a conference one time, and some guy was like, Heather Cox, like the real Heather Cox. I'm like, the real Heather Cox. Yeah. But he met me. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's certify my co. That's your Instagram yeah, handle. Okay, co. awesome. Very cool. Like, did you do a stint in NBC? I'm like, I don't think it's that Heather Cox. But no, I should though. I really think I should. I think they you haven't should, invited yeah. me yet. Yeah, because <laughs> as I saw, I'm like, yeah, I could see you as an anchor. <laughs> that's this right? could work. Yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like we're like the View. I feel like I'm like more of a View person. Like well, that could work. Talk like one of those. But I'm just waiting for yeah. them to invite me because I feel like I have really good opinions about. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that way too. You know, a little secret about media, you kind of have to force your way in there. If you did, it's like, oh, the, okay. unless you, because I do a lot of global media too. And this is a, something maybe for people listening. I don't talk about how I do it too much, you know, but I, I had a media coach and he taught me how to pitch producers myself to oh, get on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. And they were able, they had some producer ties and all that. But then once you start to build that momentum, you know, because a lot of it has to do with the easiest way to get on TV is to have a book straight up because right. a lot of the lifestyle shows, you know, not necessarily the view, but lifestyle shows on the local network affiliates right. will bring authors on all the time. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. And that's how I started TV three, almost four years ago now. But now because I did the local and regional media, now I get calls because I stepped into I'm doing big things. Yeah. And now I get phone calls because I have a publicist who actually called me. He wasn't even my publicist. He's like, I need somebody to talk about this stuff. So then came Bloomberg Newsmax, you know, other amazing things that are just happening right now. But you still have to start just like we're talking yeah. about with McDonald's and the circus. Yeah, you should start somewhere. Yes, exactly. Right? You still have to start somewhere and I posted the other day too on Instagram you can go look this up right now you know whenever it was it was uh, October something or other the, you know or September 30 somewhere around there but my very first TV appearance ever yeah and I oh, looked as you go that. back and you're like oh Oh Lord, it's rough to watch, you know, because I, I taught, I was talking about this. I'm like, there was this, yeah. this method that I was, uh, you know, cause I, the other day I was on Fox five in Washington, DC, the biggest Fox affiliate in the yeah. nation talking about all the Facebook outages and, and all of those things, you know, cause now, that's now the Facebook get, crisis of 2021. Exactly. Now yeah. I get the calls. I'd never been on Fox five DC before, but they're like, who's this yeah. guy, Rick Jordan. And now they call me because of everything else that I've done and built the momentum and started small, you know, in order to play. Yeah. The big room you have to play the small play room small, of course yeah of course you it. have to but i always love looking back at like the first speaking gig you did or whatever oh my god because i have yeah. an expression i tell clients all the time when we do our diversity masterminds program i would say if and i get it from one of my mentors and i was like if you didn't if you're not embarrassed by the first thing you put out you waited too long to put it out yeah <laughs> i'm going to show you because we're on video there's a technique that i'm going to show you that i use right okay. because now see you, you see me naturally smiling in pretty much everything yeah. that i do right that was something that i had to learn 
Really? Yeah, really? I yes. And yeah. I, I would do it speaking from stage, but then I found out that that skill set would would not transition over into TV. Yeah, oh, that's it was interesting. A, it's the craziest thing. Maybe because I had to memorize a segment. I, I don't know what it was, but you know. So then the the coach taught you this thing called a smile reset. So if you couldn't remember to smile while you were talking, like I am right now, yeah. you would have this the you know this dull face and then do whatever, and then you'd be like, hey, I'm making a really big point right now, and then it'd be. Yeah, if if you're just listening to this, go watch it on YouTube because that's the smile reset, as as he would call it. You know, and I was was watching this video, I'm like, I look like a creep. (laughs) You're like, and this is my point. Yes, I know. That was a thing. <laughs> like yeah. the Chandler, like the Chandler smile, right? Yes. From friends. <laughs> and we've come full circle in this episode now. That's right. Well, it was so funny. The reason I jumped in in the beginning when you were like talking about DEI, because no one knows what I do. They do not get it. It's totally foreign to most people. So I always yeah. tell myself Chandler. I'm like, you know, no one ever knew what Chandler did. I'm always like, I'm like Chandler. No one really knows what I do. <laughs> He's a transponster. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know too, but yep. most people didn't. That's the whole premise of the show, right? I know. Oh my goodness. But Heather, th- you've been so much fun today. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking about both kinds of diversity in this world that we <laughs> have now and for diving into this. Yeah. At Certify My Co is where you can find Heather on Instagram and CertifyMyCompany.com. Yes. yes. Thank you. You are welcome. Thank you.